I'm Tony D. And one pot black bean and pepper soup is just one of the delicious meals I've tried through HelloFresh. With over 50 menu items and market items to choose from each week, you'll never run out of dishes to try. Get 16 free meals plus three free gifts with code AWFUL16 at HelloFresh.com slash AWFUL16. She goes over to Duncan, the homeless guy. Right, and this time she's kind mm-hmm. to him because she she still doesn't give him any money, but she's kind to him. No, she she gives him like sixty cents. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, right, you're right. Yeah. She gives him a little bit of change. If that's not a change of ways, <laughs> I don't know what. Here, this was going to go into my parking meter. Yes, <laughs> I am going to park there for eight minutes less now <laughs> for you, Duncan. You lucky so you really are blessed by God. <laughs> God awful movie 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema or the ancient one will awaken. I'm your host No Illusions. <laughs> Heath will be unable to join us this week but sitting 900 miles to my northeast is my bad friend Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? Deeply spiritually confused, Noah. <laughs> Good answer. And also joining us today is returning guest masochist Anna Bosnick. Anna, welcome back. Ooh, ooh, thank you. I don't deserve any thanks whatsoever. And if you're wondering why, Anna's about to tell us. What will we be breaking down today, Anna? We watched Dying to Be Heard. It's the story of the Holocaust, but not that Holocaust. (laughs) Yes. It's the Holocaust that's happening right now. Now. Right under your <laughs> right under right your noses. You. Yeah. Uh, and Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you love workplace sexual harassment videos, but you wish they were put on by an Orthodox temple of Jews for Jesus, <laughs> you will love this movie. I don't even I don't even yeah. know. So many times throughout this movie i wrote in my notes no one will ever watch this movie except for us yeah <laughs> right yeah, i think you're right the family members of the people the whatever that scanning program is that checks for child porn and us <laughs> that is it yeah I have to say, after the production quality and acting talent on last week's movie, I feel like we needed to be reminded of our place in the cinematic pecking order. And this was the movie to do it, right? This was the movie to say, no, enjoy Prince of Egypt while you can, motherfucker. (laughs) A lot of people have gotten our comments about how much they liked Prince of Egypt. I want to hear about the patrons who enjoyed this motherfucking movie. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'll tell you what, this movie did not make me try to find religion like Prince of Egypt did. Well, there you go. (laughs) All right, so is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? I will say best worst music video montages. (laughs) This movie could actually be a god-awful music. Yes, twice. And I had no idea. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, it came out of of the blue. Came out of nowhere. (laughs) And I I was going to go with Best worst pointless flashback. Ooh. Oh, excellent. So lots of competition there. Yeah, exactly. This movie is, you know how in like Inception you watch it the whole time. You're like, wow, this scene is a dream inside a dream inside a dream inside a dream. I should be really confused by this, but somehow I'm not because Christopher Nolan is such a masterful screenwriter. This movie is the opposite of that, right? You're constantly oh, yeah. like, when the fuck am I even? <laughs> <laughs> 
almost always for no real reason. Mm-hmm. Right. And and unlike Tenet, where at the end you, you're like, oh, that was actually really clever. I want to watch this movie again, knowing what I know. This is the opposite of that. Yep. At the end of this movie, you're just sitting there staring at a screen being like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. And on that note, I'm going to go with best worst source of oppression. <laughs> Yes. We will uh, We'll get to it. Yeah, no, we're just going <laughs> to leave that one as a bit of a tease. All right, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to be talking about aborted fetuses on the other side of the break, and that one always gets us feeling snacky. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to dive into all the propaganda that is dying to be heard. All right, guys, welcome to the first ever writer's room meeting for our movie, Dying to be Heard. Hoorah! Woohoo! Now, as you know, we'll be bringing a very important viewpoint to the pro-life argument, that of the Jews. For Jesus. For, for, for Jesus. Yeah, we're, um, technically Jews for Jesus. But I think as people who experience the Holocaust, who better to speak to the horrors of all the children that have been murdered by abortion? Actual Jews. Yeah, obviously. But okay. But besides them. Oh, okay. I I mean, Romani people. Gay people. Or even political dissidents. Sure. Of those people all actually experience the Holocaust. But after all of those people mm. who better to speak of the horrors of the Holocaust than Christians cosplaying in yarmulkes. Exactly. Cosplaying Quakers. You guys are kind of messing up my flow here. Oh, they, I, I don't think that's it. No, it sounded good to me. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, they, Oh, they, yeah. It's a drink. <laughs> And we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to open up on a fetal heartbeat because of fucking course we are. Ah, <laughs> uh, not a fetal heartbeat. Well, no, no, the thing that they use in this is yeah, it, a fetal heartbeat is not the bump, the dramatic bump <laughs> that people think. It is more like a beatboxing guinea pig. Yeah. Have you ever heard like? Yeah, right. It's way different. Yeah, way different. As soon as I heard that, my, I wrote my notes in Georgia. It'd be illegal for me to stop watching now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get this bullshit disclaimer. This film is based on many true stories. Mm. So not true. Yeah. So, <laughs> no stories. Unless they think that fictional movies are made up out of nothing resembling life. Yeah. Woof. So, okay. So we get like this film's version of uh, like an artsy opening. We get a black and white s- sand grabbing. We get sepia rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heartbreak music on the beach. Heartbreak music in a rainy parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a music note. I'll play my piano as loud as I like, Deborah. I'm going through this divorce <laughs> too, you know. <laughs> I also just want to throw out there that one of the people listed in the credits is Dr. Michael Michael. Oh, no. And I, I wrote my notes. Hey, alien, that's a bad fake name. You should try again. <laughs> Yeah, so we also introduce a giggly kid, some sad music, a dripping IV, and an old guy in a face mask dying. Sure. Many people's story. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Based on a lot of true stories. And people did get IVs, though. Mm-hmm. So then we get we wrap up the credits sequence and we get an alarm clock. Uh, this person's getting up at 730, and I'm reminded how much I love my job. <laughs> and I'm reminded that I have a toddler. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's just life now. Mm-hmm. And below the alarm clock, there's this little note yes. that says, don't worry, you're not fat. 
who needs to see that thing in the morning? Right. Like, I've heard of these notes being on mirrors or, like, on your desk at work, but on the fucking alarm clock? Yeah. Like, this lady obviously called into work being like, I'm just too fat to come to work today. <laughs> I'm going to sleep in. Yeah. So, yeah, so she gets up and downstairs. Now, I'm going to save you a lot of trouble, listener, and explain to you that this is apparently her, like, maid or housekeeper or something that comes in and cooks her breakfast in the mornings or whatever. But the movie plays it like this is a lesbian relationship, right? Absolutely not. Headcanon, this is her living in sin with her lesbian relationship. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. That's certainly what I saw. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So she she has to work, but apparently she has to touch up her lipstick between the bedroom and the car. <laughs> and she didn't she didn't even eat breakfast. She like ran past. So oh, excuse me, she didn't eat her unchopped scallion carrot and a celery stick. Is that what it yeah. was? for breakfast? That is what this woman <laughs> prepared for her. I wrote it. It appears that her mom is making her a satyr plate for breakfast. So yeah, her mom. Well, yeah, this got this relationship just got even more fucking complicated. Yeah. <laughs> dark. Yeah. So then she so she gets in the car and I love this just this quick moment where she turns on the radio and it's like the crisis pregnancy center is asking for donations. And I'm like, yeah, you know, she's a bad guy because she has all she wears makeup and she turns off the charity ad yes. and she ignores the homeless guy who's obviously a very religious French bulldog in a human suit. <laughs> <laughs> we also, at this point in the movie, we see her walking mm -hmm. and we realize that they don't know how to do a follow shot. Nope. So for the rest of the movie, anytime someone is walking and the camera is pointed at them, it's going to be running after them bumpily like the Blair fucking witch project. <laughs> No one had a skateboard on set, apparently. Yeah, no, when she walks a long way, it's like she's walking through panels in a comic book. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty fucking awful. So, so yeah, so but she power walks her way past the break room, which prompts workplace enemy lady. It's Suzanne is this character's name. Oh, God. Suzanne, she's sitting in the break room and she's like, I hate that person. She is my nemesis. That will be relevant later to the plot. <laughs> she literally goes, she goes, she's so fake. Fake, fake, fake. And then she literally just stares into the camera like, did I do it? Did I, <laughs> is my part in the movie over? They cut her off like ha the audio editing in this is crazy because they literally cut her off. Her fake nails, fake hair, fake slam. Nothing yep. else. <laughs> and there's a couple of times I, they do this over and over again in this movie and I love it to death. They have to make Rachel this busy career woman type character. And we have to keep going to her office and she has to have like she's on one phone and the, her cell phone's ringing and her office phone is ringing. But every time she picks up a call, it's like a family member or a friend. And she's like, oh, you know, I really can't talk now. And they never bother to work in a few work related phone calls along with nope. all of that stuff. Nope. She just answers seven personal phone calls in a row and immediately says that she can't talk. Yes. <laughs> Pro tip, by the way, if you can't talk, don't answer your phone. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it on silent. That's good. Uh. Also, this set. Can we talk about this, how this set is oddly familiar? <laughs> like, this is absolutely a porn set. I have seen 100% videos in this room before. Yes, in that precise office. This is a this is a set you rent by the hour. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The cleaning crew was so confused when there was no cum yeah. on the on yeah. anything when they came in the next day. They were like, I don't know. They must have done something us. really weird in here. 
I feel like they must have gotten the camera crew too because like they didn't bother to focus many of these shots because they were so eager right, to get to the like, bone yeah. zone scenes. <laughs> right, right. They're like, these people still have their clothes on. Nobody cares about this part. <laughs> yeah. So and I, I, that was my next note actually was if, if they, if this is the setup for lesbian porn, this all makes sense. If not, it doesn't. This is where she has her <laughs> phone call with her friend Kathy. Oh God. She's hot. Kathy is super hot. Kathy's pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. I was very disappointed that that didn't actually end up being the head can. Like the head cannon wasn't real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You still get to do the breakfast club clothes, you know, so we can do whatever we want here. <laughs> So now we cut to a hospital. So there's going to be like two parallel stories that we're being told that this movie will cleverly weave together later. One of which is this woman being a, a career woman and, and dealing with an unwanted pregnancy. The other is going to be the fact that this old man who is, I guess, autistic and played the accordion is dying. And his caretakers are talking about the good times that they had with him in his last hours as he as he lays unconscious and hospice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And spoiler alert, all of the good times will be times we either let him loose into the world and inconvenienced others or <laughs> times we treated his mental illness as an adorable quirk. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it, we should also point out that when we see that there's two caretakers, a husband and wife, and we never see their faces. They're always like off camera. Now, normally you would assume that this was to preserve some type of mystery that was going to be revealed later in the film. But given the quality of the movie here, we were all like, I mean, it might be that that's the same guy that plays the boss, right? Or whatever. And they <laughs> yeah. just didn't they had have a second actor. They're like, okay, just do a different voice this time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had music note here. We assure you, your call is very important to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love to, the older guy has some kind of mental disability that they're never super clear on what exactly it is. But they end up starting basically every conversation with, wow, it sure was a burden having to look after him his entire Constantly. life. Constantly. Constantly. Every scene is sandwiched between he was a burden and what a burden he was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is also where she says, quote, he played accordion beautifully, but nobody took him seriously. And I wrote in my notes, I mean, it's probably because he played the accordion. <laughs> That's funny because in my notes, I said he played accordion. This is the character with the dark past I've been waiting for all my life. <laughs> no one ever took his accordion skills seriously. By the way, they're going to undercut the shit out of it. We're going to learn that he played accordion at Carnegie Hall later on in this movie. Nobody took him seriously. Yeah. You just barge on stage. <laughs> That's a flashback we didn't get yeah. to see. I guess not. So, but we cut to a, a flashback to his fucking accordion glory days or whatever. This is, we're in Springfield, New Jersey in 1972, and he is a Jewish kid whose mother is very mean to him now and then later won't be mean to him. Yeah, yeah this movie really loses the plot on the parents. At one point, the parents get so caught up in their own narrative, which we're supposed to care about, that they lose all of the characterization that they had earlier in the movie. Yeah. yeah. But at this point in the movie, they're like strict Jewish parents. Yeah, I would play accordion, too, if I had this family. Right. <laughs> right. Because the mom is just basically like, I ain't buying all this autism shit. He could like talk normal if he wanted to. Like, that's the character that they give her here. Mm-hmm. They, they will abandon that later. Yeah. <laughs> this is also where they tip their hands for the first time that they are Jews 
for Jesus. These actors say oy vey like my wife, a.k.a. <laughs> like their protagonist trying to sneak into a Jewish event in a Mike Myers comedy. Oh, vey. It will surprise you, neither of you, by the way, that he is not actually playing accordion. No, no. I'm, sure no. I'm sure he isn't. Yeah, so but if you're thinking to yourself, wow, did we do this entire flashback just so that we could see the line he played accordion but no one ever took him seriously play out? Get used to that feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell and show as they learned in film school. Yeah. So so now we cut back to Rachel's office. I don't even know if we've mentioned the 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 main character career woman is Rachel. And she's getting a visit from poor man's Leslie Nielsen. This is like an underling at the company that she's gonna be really mean to. Can I just take a meta step back for a second and acknowledge that we have failed our audience, perhaps as we couldn't have done before in that we haven't talked about Rachel's wake yet? Oh, shit. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. That is like the the main character, actually, of the show. (laughs) The main character, Rachel, is wearing a I'm going to go ahead and say dumpster behind Halloween adventure esque blonde wig, which will be positioned in various places and parts of her body throughout the film. The part switches between cuts. Oh, and it, the thing does everything but shake and chirp like a tribble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a mop on her head. <laughs> it's pretty awful. But yeah, we're in her we're in her thing. And she says, come in because he's knocking at the door. And then he comes in. They make eye contact. They make fucking eye contact. And she says, I said, come in. Right. And he's like, I'm in. <laughs> what? I keep thinking this movie is out of sync, but then the mouths line up with the words. Yeah, it's the actors that were out of sync. <laughs> and it confuses the shit out of me. So, yeah, he's like, all right, so I've got a plan for the meeting. You do the icebreaker and then I'll come in with the facts. <laughs> and she's like, your plan fucking sucks. Fuck you. I'm not doing any fucking icebreaker. The ice will remain intact, you piece of shit. Well, I don't know. She's like trying to prove herself at this thing. And this guy comes in. He's like, yeah, you start him off with a quick game of zip, zap, zop. And they will come in, <laughs> deliver the goods. You boat off to the, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So they're setting up their meeting. Meanwhile, we go back to the caretaker. They're going to lead us into another flashback of about life with Jordan. Jordan is the old man that's dying. And of course, just like all of these flashbacks, we're going to open this one up with, uh, yeah, he was a real... Did I mention what a burden he was to take care of? <laughs> yep. Real burden on our friends and ourselves. It was a real mm-hmm. shit show. And it, again, this is supposed to be like an adorable story about him, but he just wanders into a hair salon and starts loading up his pockets with lip balms. Right. And then and then there's a lady who's like, hey, don't take those lip balms and... Then he's like, but I want them. And we're supposed to be like, oh, what a bitch. What a terrible wow. person she is. So you is. just don't give random men all your lip balms? <laughs> this is like me making a movie about how actually you should be super grateful that my baby is having a tantrum behind you on the airplane. <laughs> Why aren't you thanking me right now? <laughs> yeah. At the end of this, he says, it felt like he was a child, but he was my uncle. And I just wrote in my notes. Yeah, it sounds like you should have gotten him professional help instead of making yourself a martyr by pretending your family member was a pet that you didn't have to control. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, and that's that whole flashback, by the way, you remember that's that one time that's he walked it. in and got lip balm and then didn't. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> he sure was a menace. Anyways, back to our other story. So, and by the way, that is not my best words yet. We have not come up on the most useless flashback in this movie yet. Mm-mm. You'll know when we get there. So, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at work, the big meeting is starting and they know so little about business that like we never even know what kind of company this is or what she does (laughs) for a living. We never have to know. Podcast listener, briefly before Noah and Heath rescued me from a life of torment, I was a U.S. representative for a toy company. I'm doing air quotes because I had no fucking idea what I was talking about or doing at any given moment. I did a better job of faking it than this movie, and that is fucking saying something. Absolutely. I once showed up to a conference call that was being held in Chinese, and I knew more about this business than this movie does. So and before she can go to the meeting, there's this moment. I, I have to talk about this moment because this is where I lost a thousand dollar bet with myself that this was <laughs> written by a man where she's going like, you're going to do great, Rachel. You're not fat. You're not fat. <laughs> and she's not to her credit. She is correct on that uh, assessment. All right. So she goes into the meeting and they can't have her say actual business words because they don't know any business words. Nope. So her whole fucking presentation is we are very good at whatever thing we do. <laughs> this is every cold. She's delivering every cold email we ever get to try to get us to jump on their venture capital backed podcast platform. <laughs> We here at Spook Speaker want you to know that we put the listener in touch with you. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Your company closed while you were sending me that email. Oh, yeah. No, that's a, they actually they get to the point where she can't vamp anymore without actually saying a business word. And it's, so she, the whole thing just fades out, right? The music swells and we fade away. <laughs> yeah, the soundtrack literally plays her off screen. Yes, right. <laughs> So, okay, so now the caretaker's wife is going to lead us into another Jordan flashback. They've removed his oxygen mask. There's just no way to help. And 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 the wife is like, you know, I was telling the nurse a series of doodly doos. Perhaps I should tell another. Yeah, I just I really hope as I'm dying, people don't gather around to recount the stories of how much of a burden I was. <laughs> wow. Wow, Eli, thanks for ruining my funeral plans for you. <laughs> Once I'm gone, it's fine. It's just, gotta write you know. a whole new eulogy now. Fuck. Yeah. So. Back to the drawing board. I've asked you so many times to stop pre-writing your eulogies. <laughs> so, okay. So now this one is my nomination for the most meaningless and useless flashback in the entire movie. Because she's like, remember that time when Uncle Jordan wanted to find the sheet music for his accordion and he was poking around in people's trash? <laughs> And so we cut to him poking around in people's trash and like a cop comes up and he's like, hey, you can't poke around in people's trash. And he's like, oh, okay." And then he leaves. (laughs) They're acting like he was in a giant prank war with the city. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just a cop is like, hey, man, uh, you can't go through people's trash. And he's like, oh, I live over here. I'll go there. And the cop's like, yeah, man, do that. And then he leaves. The doodly do amounted to, you remember that time when he walked a short distance, interacted with a police officer, and then walked back? Ah, <laughs> the good old days. Have you ever been in like a group of friends and someone doesn't have a story, but it feels like their turn to talk? It's that <laughs> the movie. Oh, yeah, no, things get pretty crazy at, at Fridays, too. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh, so. laughs> 
So that one wraps. And we, we cut back to the office where Rachel's coming in after the big meeting to see Tyler, her boss. Now, we haven't discussed this character yet. We've met him briefly. But this guy is like, I think he's, he's not a good enough actor to know that he's doing. I'm going to tell you that you're paycheck is contingent on a blowjob any minute now face the entire movie yeah also he's in the boss set like the boss's office and i just i know i mentioned it before but just spitballing how many people do you think have faked orgasms on that set <laughs> so many so many this is tyler by the way yes. i don't know if we oh, said yeah. his tyler. name yet. Yep. tyler look you know that artificial intelligence dolly he looks like you asked it to create a date rapist <laughs> right like the eyes are wrong <laughs> Also, and just maybe this is the podcast editor in me, but if this guy, I, like I wrote in my notes at one point, if this guy smacks his lips again, I am going to smack them too. <laughs> <laughs> I think they only had experience with like doing talking dog movies. So they put a big thing of peanut butter in everyone's <laughs> mouth before this movie too. See, see, I was just, I was just thinking, don't touch your face after touching that death. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's got to be not sanitary at all. Oh, my God. You have crabs in your beard now, man. Come on. <laughs> and it had to be a porn because he was looking like at one point he literally looks at her like I look at Madge when she's about to knock over my son and take the cracker out of his mouth. He's like, absolutely not. Right. He's like, he's like trying to fucking Jedi mind trick her into do, like giving him a blowjob or something. Yeah, I wrote in my notes, porn actors watching this would be like, just fuck already. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> no, every single line is delivered like it's the last line before we get to the sexual harassment in the HR video. Yeah. Right. I do love too. if you can get over that for a second, you'll realize that the message that he's giving her at this point is I'm going to promote you. You're now promoted to associate. That's a business word, right? Sure. I mean, the name of the place is Luminous and Associates, right? She's <laughs> an associate now. And then he explains to her that she's going to be great at this job because she loves nobody and nobody loves her. <laughs> Real quote from the movie, your availability is your value. I wrote in my notes, the Eli Bosnick story. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. So so then we cut back to the hospital and they take a kind of a stab at explaining what is up with Jordan. They're like, you yeah, know, they thought he was schizophrenic and then they thought he was autistic. I'm like, those are very different things, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I would like to know who they are and why their guesses were so vastly different. <laughs> so, th so then we cut back to the office where Rachel is busy once again with personal phone calls. Yeah, I was like, Kathy, stop calling me. People will know we're fucking like this is my... <laughs> Kathy, my hot friend, please stop calling me. Now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Definitely the most attractive person and the only non-Jew for Jesus this cast knew. Oh, I, okay. All right. I'm buying it. Oh, I very much thought she was a Jew for Jesus. I, I, I would like to change her ways, though, if you know what I mean. That's why she's only on the phone is because she was like, OK, I'll be in your movie, but I won't be in a room with all of you at once. <laughs> oh, she is in a room with other people pretty soon. Right. Yeah. That's the next scene. We're going to go to a quote unquote. We get the whole story on Kathy. Yeah. The whole story. So, yeah. So in, in the next scene, we're going to cut to like, so Kathy calls and she's like, hey, we're still going out clubbing tonight. Right. And she's like, we are going to go to a nightclub. Indeed. Indeed, we are. <laughs> sure. This is a nightclub. Yes. This was almost my best worst. <laughs> Let's just take a moment to say 
we're this is episode 362. Mm-hmm. We've seen some bad fucking nightclubs. This is the only nightclub so bad I wasn't sure it was an enclosed space the entire time. <laughs> I don't think this rose to room, let alone nightclub. Well, also, they show the exterior of the nightclub and it's nighttime because it's a nightclub. And then they show the interior of it and there's lots of beautiful, natural looking sunlight. <laughs> it's lit like they're doing surgery in there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just, there's a bunch of people who are shaking. There's no music playing where they're recording because they, or either that or like half of these people are rhythm impaired, right? They're all bopping <laughs> to a different fucking tune and everything. And they're like, see, nightclub. <laughs> I mean, they are Jews, Noah. <laughs> Pretty far for the course. And this is this is where we meet my favorite character in the movie, perhaps in any movie we've ever done. Ooh. Jake. Yes. Oh, wait. Before we meet Jake, though, we meet a close up on the only black guy in the entire film who is there <laughs> to play the bouncer. Yes, the bouncer, the only black man in the whole movie. I say, man, wait. You, oh, yes. True. You might think that there, are, like she has a black woman friend or something. No, no, no. We'll find some black women later, but not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> So now it's time for Jake. And Jake is very obviously the hottest person everyone in this movie knows. So they were like, Jake, will you be in our movie? And he was like, actually, I have a terrible crippling anxiety disorder and I have panic attacks whenever I'm placed in front of a camera. Is that going to be a problem? And they were like, not at all, Jake. Don't worry about it. So we watched Jake absolutely losing his shit trying to remember he is sweating he looks like Tim Ryan losing the Democratic primary my notes are literally like breathe Jake you're okay buddy name things you can see in the room he goes at talking all of his lines all of his lines are like my son learning the alphabet one or two syllables at a time right and then an um (laughs) you look nice I think we should go out. <laughs> yep. At one point, he says, one of the other things that most people know about me is my notes. I'm rooting for this sentence like it's a three-legged pony at the races, Jake. You can do it, my boy. At one point, this is so good. Poor Jake. He's so nervous. I, I can't express the fear on his face. And he, he has been instructed to whisper into this woman's ear. Oh, no. Right? Yes. And it's supposed to be because that's what people do at clubs. They whisper sexy things into her ear. Except Jake forgets he's wearing a lavalier mic. So he leans in and goes, I like chocolate, too. At yes. full volume. I laughed for four solid minutes and then oh I watched God. it again and it was better the second time because you could see him trying to think of a sexy thing to say and then you get to see him reacting to the fact <laughs> that what he thought of was I like chocolate too. Well, the sexy things they came up for these people to say. Now, now, Eli, pray tell, if I were to ask you, tell me something about yourself, what would you say? Probably that I like roses and chocolate. Oh, you like roses and chocolate? Oh my God. Do you breathe air too? Yeah. Fucking fascinating. Like everybody fucking likes roses and chocolate. Who doesn't like roses? That's classic. She's it's so fucking dumb. Because before he even comes up, her and her friend are, are like desperately failing the Bechdel test, right? They're like, oh, your boss has a penis. We could talk about him. And they're like, yep, sure, good. And then he comes up with his broken English and his ums every third word and shit. And he says, like, tell me something about yourself. She says, oh, I love chocolate and roses. 
And I'm like, get a goddamn personality, you <laughs> fucking idiot. I like chocolate and roses. It's like people who put travel on their dating profile. It's like, as opposed to what, my, my guy? <laughs> I like to stand perfectly still. All right. So, yeah. So, but he's like, hey, can I buy you 11 drinks? And she's like, I would love 11 drinks. <clears throat> so we get the montage of her having a little too much and him getting a little handsy. And her friends decide at a certain point that they need to intervene. Yeah. But the most half-hearted intervening <laughs> yes. anyone's ever intervened. <laughs> oh, no. Don't. Fuck Jake. Oh, no, don't. Don't. It's time to go home. Don't do this. <laughs> and then the second she does it, she's like, no, I want to stay. Like, I never get to go out. They're like, oh, fuck you. Yes, and they just leave her. <laughs> you know what? We tried for two whole minutes. Let her get date raped. Yes. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so her friends failed to talk her out of going out with Jake. So we watch her like drunkenly stumbling back towards his place. And then, you know, everything fades out because this movie's not going to like get any more detail. Absolutely no steam. On sex stuff. Well, and and this movie knows as much about sex as like a fourth grader <laughs> who found porn in the woods. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like these two are about to dance the devil's disco. So we're going to need a minute to wash our eyes out with soap. But we'll be back in a minute with even more dying to be heard. Noah, Noah. Hey, Eli. What's up? Good news. We don't need Anna anymore. Well, uh, what are you talking about? Okay, so I made up this machine, and last night I sucked out all of her talent while she was sleeping, and now I can write songs for the show. So, like, la, 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 music stuff, la, la, la. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that worked. But, Eli, if you want to take your music to the next level, why not just try Masterclass? What's Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to sing from Christina Aguilera. You can improve your country music skills with Reba McIntyre or learn electronic music production from Dead Mouse. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Wow, and you've actually tried it? I sure have. What I love most about Masterclass is that it's so easy to take with me on the go, so I can watch it on my smart TV, listen to it on the go like a podcast, or even just watch from my home computer. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass, and as a god-awful movies listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash awful. That's masterclass.com slash awful for 15% off of Masterclass. All right, well, now I kind of regret sucking up all our talent. Eli, did you vacuum my hair while I was sleeping? I should go. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, Mr. God? Yes? Uh, the Jews are here, sir. Come now, Peter, we've talked about this. I, I know, sir, you said not to let in any Jews into heaven, but because you think it'll be awkward because of the Holocaust, <clears throat> because of the thing. You turn your back for one decade, right. am I right? Could have happened to anybody. Anyway... The problem is we can't turn these ones away. Why not? Just give them the old Jesus was my kid excuse. Well, okay, so that's the problem, sir. These are Jews for Jesus. Like, like they're Jews and they believe in Jesus. That makes no sense. That's just Christians, Peter. Right? That's what Christians... Yes, no, exactly. But they, but they keep the yarmulkes and, and the songs and stuff. I see. So you're telling me they took the most difficult and cloistered parts of Judaism and then added damnation as a worldview? Added damnation, yes, sir. Jeez, what's next, Burkas? Well, actually, sir, there's a small group based in Israel. You know what? Never mind. Let them in. I'll just avoid them. Yes, sir. 
Humans and their religions, am I right, Peter? Yeah, wait, wait till I tell you about the Mormons, sir. The who? I'll, I'll explain later. Did you say morons? I, I mean, yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to rejoin the story in yet another flashback from the mystery redhead. If you haven't figured it out yet, it's what's her name? The main character. Okay, I didn't figure it oh, out really? yet. And I was like, why aren't they showing this woman's face? <laughs> They're just it, she's going to turn around and it's going to be the date rapist. Like, <laughs> do, could they just not find an actress to play cuz they actually did show the other guy's face. Right, right. Uh-huh. Like eventually. the the nephew which they never fucking showed. But like it's fucking wild man. Yeah. So she's the redhead caretaker of this dying guy, Uncle Jordan. And it's time for us to dive into her backstory, which is going to give us Eli's best worst. Oh, boy. Right. She's like, they didn't like Uncle Jordan because he was different, but I was different, too. I had red hair. <laughs> I was a j- j- ginger. <laughs> this movie will honor. I can't. Aside from people telling me that, like, it's hard to be a white man in America, <laughs> I can rarely think of a time I've been less sympathetic. It's so overdone because they just they, they have a bunch of flashbacks of her as a little kid going in. And they're like, hey, do you want to play? And they're like, no, because you have ugly red hair. Yeah. And these kids. OK, these kids were not on board with saying these things. No, they were not. Like, they used a lot of dubbing over what they were saying and their mouths were like, oh, of course, I'll play with you. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like Eli doing little kid voice. Yeah. Over, no, icky. Also, she's being introduced by a mom. And when they're like, no, you have shitty red hair. The mom's just like, well, there's nothing I could do with these five-year-olds that are being mean to my... There's no alternatives. Yep, you're right. You know what? Good one. You got her, guys. Yep. <laughs> they fucking roasted you. Did you hear that? <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, the plight of the fucking redhead. I'm like, isn't this character supposed to be Jewish? <laughs> right, because anti-Semitism is a real prejudice. And then it occurred to me like, what if it was just that this kid was encountering terrible anti-Semitism over and over and again in her life, but just thought it was because of her hair color? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's my headcanon for this movie now. <laughs> we don't want you around by that. You mean redheads, right? Yeah, exactly. What? Right, right. <laughs> like you're kind here. Ah, oh, redheads will not replace us. Damn it. <laughs> so, OK, so then we got we cut back to Rachel. She's getting a call from her doctor. It looks like she's pregnant. Yeah. They open this with her spilling her coffee. Yes. Uh-huh. And I just, I just, yeah, I, I remember being pregnant. And yeah, totally. The worst part of it was how clumsy I was. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. That's those early months, too. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure it said in the script, spills coffee pregnantly or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that her first reaction, she says, you're pregnant at her first reaction is no i can't gain the weight yeah <laughs> this is the universe of this movie gaining a pound worse than forced birth having <laughs> red hair is akin to having a belly button on your fucking forehead or some shit and never trust a french guy never yeah, yeah, it, yeah never trust, exactly. never trust a french guy the takeaways but see that's the thing though in order to make a movie that is anti-abortion you can't really acknowledge the reasons why women have abortion Oh. Right. If you show that like, oh, wow, well, you know, she wouldn't be able to like pay her bills or whatever if she had to take the pay cut that she's going to end up having to take in order to 
blah, 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 blah. Then all of a sudden you can be sympathetic. So you have to pretend that the real reason that women have abortions is stuff like, oh, my God, I would lose my figure. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say my second favorite character in the movie comes out here, which is the doctor. Yes. She's like, you have to understand it was just a lapse of judgment. And the doctor says... Yeah, you'll figure it out. And yes, <laughs> up on her. yeah. As she's saying that, the doctor's basically doing the yada yada talking too much gesture with her hands. Or <laughs> she's got some. Oh no, I'm coming. I'm coming. Just give me one second. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so we get that scene. She's at work when she gets the call. By the way, she's like screaming about it in her hallway at work. <laughs> and then we cut back to a flashback of her with. Uncle Jordan again. Well, I'm sorry. We're not supposed to know it's her yet. It's, you know, sure. redhead. Just a random little girl with Uncle Jordan. Well, how could it be her? She's blonde. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's her real mop. I mean, hair. Yeah. <laughs> this is also where Uncle Jordan completely loses his disability. Yeah. He does that several times. Yeah. He does that. Yeah. Yeah, they even they even have to like kind of explain that away with the voiceover, right? Because she's like, remember those several years where he was completely lucid and didn't have a disability in any <laughs> meaningful way? It's true. God gives you three years without autism. That's what they always say. <laughs> you got to ask nice and know the right guy. Oh, and of course, she's staring over his dying body after the flashback. And she's like, I know we'll be together in heaven one day. And I'm like. You know, look, I know that me, Anna, and Eli will all be together in, like, you know, New Orleans or Seattle. Or <laughs> I've never felt the need to say that out loud because I actually know it. It's also super creepy, even if it's true. Right? <laughs> I know we'll be together in or New Orleans one day. Okay, now, now I feel like you're going to come about what that. What do you mean, be together? <laughs> Define be together in your head. All right, so... And of course, then we cut to Rachel's work enemy, Suzanne. Remember, Suzanne? Keep up. Sure. This is a very complex story <laughs> that we're weaving. This is as complex as it gets, man. Yeah. So Suzanne is in Tyler's office, her boss's office, telling him that Rachel is pregnant. Right. And he's like, I'm going to I'm going to need her to unfuck that guy then. Damn it. Because that's going to get in the way of the business that we business. <laughs> So he calls her into his office for for getting pregnant. Uh-huh. He tries to stare at her so hard that she has a miscarriage. <laughs> <laughs> I also like this movie tries to have a moment where they acknowledge it's incredibly illegal to do this. Right. Like it's just so incredibly everything about this scene is illegal. And look, I know that lots of pregnant people put up with terrible shit in their workplaces. But this is like a workplace video that should be titled. You just got a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> How to get sued. Right. Well, she says at one point, she's like, you know, this is crazy illegal. And he's like, ah, you can't prove it. I'll just fire you for peeing too much. <laughs> <laughs> he says at one point. I don't want to be a second class citizen yes. to your kid. What? And I'm like, oh, yeah. It, it, just so you know, I've become a classist since having a baby. <laughs> You're all the hoi polloi as far as I'm concerned. And it's me and Professor Maximilian Vesuvius Porpington Bosnick <laughs> at the top. The rest of you can all just eat cake for all I care. <laughs> okay, but that's actually how I feel about our baby. I wish you wouldn't use it as yeah. a joke here on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, God. Hey, I love cake. You're going to confuse people. <laughs> so Tyler's like, you know, I can't tell you to get an abortion, 
but I can't Elte Uye to get a Orshan Abay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that the moral of this story is not that this is a toxic work environment. Right. And like, because it is. But instead, it's, oh, yeah, no, she shouldn't be in the workforce. She should be at home with a family. That's yeah, exactly. Well, right. Yeah. Because, uh-huh, you know, that's just how men are going to be. <laughs> yeah. He said, Tyler says at one point, he's like, well, you know, there's no law saying you have to go through with it. And I'm like, well, that dates this movie a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <sighs> There's also, I don't know why they, they phrased it this way, but she goes, I cannot believe this. My boss in an American workplace saying I should get an abortion. I was like, hey, comrade, are you looking for blue jeans while you're here? What are, you, what are you tricking the Trump administration into treason? All right. So meanwhile, so caretaker guy is playing some accordion music for Uncle Jordan. He's like, maybe he'd like to hear accordion music. I was like, yeah, he didn't hear enough of that in his lifetime, I'm sure. Yes, the accordion comes back. (laughs) Honestly, when the dude was like, I'm going to play some accordion music, I really wanted the nurse to pop the CD out and snap it in half. Nope, nope, the alive people veto that. Sorry. (laughs) So yeah, of course, this prompts a flashback to him playing accordion while the redheaded little girl tries to keep up on piano. Sure, he's trying to, like... He knows how to play piano accordion. That is what this kind of accordion is called. So he should fucking know where to tell her to put her hands. He even tells her to put her hands on the piano. And it is not. Mm -mm. It's not even dubbed over with the correct key. Nope. They're singing in one key. She's singing in one key. The accordion is in another key. And the fucking piano is in another. There are four fucking. It is so discordant. Yes. Oh, he's playing a discordian. That's the problem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where they're like, you know, he was great at accordion. He even played at Carnegie Hall. And I'm like, we're watching him play. He's not very good. No. I mean, he's better than me. (laughs) We're watching him fail to scale with an accordion. All right. Oh, and then we get this. It's a quick scene, but it's so fucking amazing. Rachel is, is at work. She's hacking it up in the bathroom. She's getting very, very sick. And this woman comes up behind her and she says, hey, ma'am, are you okay? And she says, no. And the lady looks at her. She vomits. And the lady looks at her and she goes, gross. <laughs> and then leaves. And then leaves. This is your movie. You First of all, you don't have to have any of the morning sickness in it. Right. That's good. Point. You don't have to do that. But also, this is a fucking, it's like the inverse of a cat call of like, Hey, you're pretty. I know. Fuck you. And instead, it's like, hey, are you okay? No. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes. I love this woman. I will marry this woman if Lucinda's down. I love her so goddamn much. Are okay. you okay? No. I was going to say. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in this woman's defense, every time I have ever said, are you okay? And someone has responded with anything but yes, I have thought gross and <laughs> yes. wanted to leave. <laughs> so... All right, but Rachel's on her own, damn it. So she goes walking through the park and feeling down. And this is where that homeless guy from before that she ignored shows back up in the film. I'm pretty sure you mean that that's uh, the bulldog in a human suit. Okay. (laughs) So so she's she's he's like, hey, you know, you look like you're pretty down. And she's like, well, you look like you're fucking homeless. So what do you what do you I don't think you have any room to talk. He's like, no, I'm very happy because Jesus loves me. That's the problem. You don't love Jesus enough. You know your problem, lady? I think you're Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. He also, we need to point out, has no teeth. Nope. 
nope, he sure doesn't. Nope. Oh, no. Oh, yes. No, no teeth at all. A lot of people don't have teeth. It's fine. There's nothing wrong. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with having no teeth. Look, we're not here to judge people without teeth, but I am here to judge people without teeth who talk about how lucky they are in God's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Fair. Fair. So he's like, I'm going to pray for you. And she's like, oh, all right, whatever, man. She responds to it the way I would, honestly. Cool. Do that in yep, your own room. You don't room, even have though. to be. Like, I don't even have to know about it. God <laughs> is the only person who needs to know that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and so he leaves. And, and I, I realized to myself, like, you know, that's that's the real problem that Christians do that shit. And they think that they are doing something other than harassing a person who's already depressed. Right. Absolutely. Right. So, OK. So now we, we head back to the office where she's going to contemplate Duncan, the homeless guy's words of wisdom. <laughs> And Tyler pops his head and he's like, is that fetus dead? Do you have a, a dead fetus? No, fuck. Damn it. Damn. <laughs> well, she's contemplating. She's writing like, why? Why is this? He is he so full of peace? And I'm up here full of pieces. And I'm like, why is this homeless man so much happier than me when I'm a fat, stupid whore with a fur? <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> right. Yeah. So but she's she's she, you know, we get her like looking pensively at the over the water and realizing that her work performance isn't where it should be. So then we go get her pulling up to what she thinks is an abortion clinic. Oh, oh this movie's about to get so much worse, guys. It is. <laughs> There's also this great where she goes to fill out the paperwork. She starts to write her name and she then she's like, oh, wait, wait. And she crosses it out and goes with a different one. <laughs> yep. Let's see. Name of patient. Anna Bosnia. Wait. <laughs> Let me cross... Hannah Schmazenberg. <laughs> They'll never right. know. <laughs> Fucking Killing spy it, master. crushing it. <laughs> Spycraft. It's, it's a pen. <laughs> and then right underneath, it's like fucking your address all the time. Yeah. She hands the lady the paper. I wanted her to be like, please ignore the part where I forgot my own name. <laughs> I thought you needed a name. I realized after I started to write it that you needed mine and specifically you should specify on your paperwork. But yeah, so she, she's like, so are you the doctor that's going to do the abortion? And the lady's like, oh, this isn't an abortion clinic. We tricked you. And she's like, really? <laughs> really? And this is where Noah realized that fake doctor's offices will be the hero of this film. Mm -hmm. And little figurines of babies in different sizes. Yep. Also, I noticed on the desk behind her. Yep. Yep. Adorable. Yeah, so she Rachel's like, well, I'm I'm sorry, I was very very clearly misled on the phone, and the crisis pregnancy center lady is like, yep, you sure the hell were. We're actually a crisis pregnancy center. <laughs> we are Christians pretending to be medical professionals so that we can harass you better. Mm hmm. I know. Can you believe this is legal? <laughs> it's Wild, crazy. Right? <laughs> it's crazy. I just want to make a quick note that the audio in this scene is pieced together like a fucking ransom note. Right? <laughs> like, she is over overdubbed somewhere. Oh, no, she's actually in the room, and then the lady who's talking to her is overdubbed later, and then the mouths don't match up. Well, and halfway through all of that, like, their good microphones got repossessed, and they had to use the other ones. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and then they had to obviously go back and change some words for legality <laughs> yes. or some shit, or they mm -hmm. didn't properly quote the Bible or some shit, so she'll be like, and then Moses like, <laughs> Yeah. I should point out that it, she says, like, look, I would like you to read this Bible passage where it says that God knew you when you were 
small or whatever. Before you were in your mother's womb, yeah. There are literal abortion instructions in the Bible. But yeah, no. <laughs> God got a preview of you like a fucking trailer on IGN. That's his position on abortion. Yeah, also, also, this is so fucking stupid. Rachel's like, well, you know, this shitty-ass fetus is going to fuck up my career goals. And the Crisis Pregnancy Center lady is like, hmm, sounds like you're going to make a great mom. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, sounds like someone's lucky. Well, she also is like, let me see those beautiful eyes and like brushes her hair out of her face. I'm like, fuck, is this where this fuck scene comes? Right? Is this where it comes? <laughs> oh, look at those beautiful eyes. Yeah, let's touch each other a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> so, okay. So we, we finished that scene up. We're going to, don't worry, we're going to revisit the Crisis Pregnancy Center in a flashback later, despite the fact that we actually have that scene right now, right in front of us. So, but then we, we get Redhead telling the nurse, Uncle Jordan's nurse, about some more doodly-doos. Oh, yeah. This time we're going to talk about a time that he learned something about Jordan's mother or father, rather, that she could never unlearn or something. <laughs> Oof. This is the time that my... Okay, this is the only reason my parents would agree to be in the movie. Just, just put up with this for a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, they cut to a, a Hebrew prayer, and there's a bunch of fucking awesome Yiddish songs, in my opinion, at least. Partially, probably, probably because I can't hear understand the lyrics, but like there's a bunch of cool songs in Judaism and nobody at the table is singing along. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah. So they, they, they're doing a little song. They're, they're doing the accordion. And then afterwards, he's like, hey, let me bless you, kids. And they're like, sure, it's not going to be a musical blessing seeing as how we just <laughs> fucked up music. He's like, it sure the fuck is. Well, it's a blessing with a with an opening song anyway. I wrote in my notes, I'm going to get to show off my singing chops in the movie, right? Because I didn't play Tevya in the off, off, off Broadway run of Fiddler on the Roof. So for nothing. It's so fucked up too when he gets to the blessing. He's like, may God bless my son with greatness and brilliance and my daughter with kids. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he's like, may Jordan be like blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah from the Bible. I don't know what the fucking Bible. And may Shana, Shana, may you be more owned. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because he's like, may my son be like Isaac the warrior and Abraham the leader. And may my daughter be like, okay, technically two rape victims. But one, <laughs> one kind of tricks a guy into it. So that's fun. May my son be like war criminals and my daughter be enslaved. Wow, what a blessing. And then, and then he's like, oh, also, God, well, I've got you on the line. No more holocausts, if you would. Right. <laughs> I feel like no Jews believe in God if they don't include that at the end of all their prayers from now on. The only honest Jews are the ones that are like, and by the way, I just thought I would mention again, because apparently this needed pointing out, no more holocausts, please. Jesus Christ. If you're going to hawk me about grandchildren, you should hawk God about no more holocausts. And then, okay, and so then the daughter's like, oh, come on, dad, come on, mom. How bad could World War II have really been for the Jews? <gasps> oh, boy. And this is going to lead us into, well, Jordan's going to stutter us into, apparently he has a stutter now. Yeah. That just showed up. That just disappeared when he well, got and, older. And it, sometimes when he was younger, right? It, sure. Yeah. So, but he's like, dad, tell us your holocaust story so he's like oh that's yeah i can do that this will be a flashback inside of a flashback inside of a flashback why not indeed and they 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 go back to black and white which obviously means that this is back in time mm -hmm. show a bunch of like holocaust footage and then they cut to a table mm -hmm. that's set a lot like this one but 
Fun fact, they have the same 1980s tablecloth as in that they did in 1940s Berlin. Right, yeah. Either either we're supposed to believe <laughs> that they took that tablecloth with them through the Holocaust, or it's just the same fucking table, but now in black and white. <laughs> with, with, Kles, with sad Klezmer yeah, behind exactly. it. Yes. Old-timey Judaism, old-timey Jews. Yes. Now, so we're going to actually get his Holocaust story in a series of flashbacks. This is only the first one, right? This is the one where they broke in on their meal and they kidnapped him and his family. Yes. Yeah. And this is, again, this is, they they can't not make this funny. The Nazis came and they destroyed our home and they said they were going to pay us, but they didn't. He ends (laughs) on, they said they were going to pay us, but they didn't. That's the close. Yes. He might as well pull out a contract and you see, you see right here, it says, but instead for devil ovens. So, you know, I think we can all agree that the missed pay is the worst part of what we went through. So... So we cut immediately from that to a, a long scene of Rachel moping at home, you know, looking out over her porch at the lovely view, and it's just not giving her any sucker whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, we learned here that she apparently has a picture of her boss on her mantle. Yep. Fucking weird, man. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Her and her boss. <laughs> she throws the picture down, and they, I don't know what the cheapest glass breaking noise you could purchase <laughs> online is. But they found it. It's funny because they used the exact same one in the scene before when the Nazis were breaking yes, into the house. Crystal knocked. So I wrote in my notes. I was like, she throws her picture through a few wine glasses, apparently. That's not the kind of glass breaking that a picture frame would even make. Absolutely. There's no wood hitting nope. the ground. No. Right, right. So she must have impaled it or something. <laughs> She also declares here, I hate this corporate world. And I wrote in my notes, her slash me when they make me do a make good for our ads. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're trying so desperately to protect this whole like she's the redhead and she's the one taking care of Uncle Jordan thing. But now they have to have her calling Uncle Jordan. So she calls her Babu, whose face we also don't see. Indeed. And can I just say, I this ruined my son calling me Babu for the first few months of his life. He couldn't say mama, but he called me Babu. Oh, no, that's terrible. And little did we know he was calling forward to this movie, (laughs) just like his father always wanted. And I'm such a dumbass that this is the moment where I was like, oh, she's the redhead. (laughs) That was supposed to be real red hair. Mm -hmm. That's supposed to be her real hair. Right. Yes, apparently. So, yeah. So so she calls her Babu and she's like, hey, I'm pregnant. I'm thinking about having an abortion. He's like, oh, don't do that. (laughs) I'm like, that's that's Uncle Jordan always had the best advice. Right. Always. (laughs) That's it, by the way. That's it. it, He doesn't have a follow up. He's just like, nah. Nah, don't do that. Yeah. He's like, isn't there somebody else you could call? And I'm like, well, that's that's one way to get rid of her, I guess. <laughs> and she says, well, you know, I did wander into a fake abortion clinic and they gave me a number. He's and, and in their own movie, Uncle Jordan's like, you ran into a fucking what? That's terrible. Is that a thing? Why would they have fake abortion clinics? That can't possibly be legal. <laughs> What happened to my stutter? What mental <laughs> illness do I have? So, okay. So, but that now we're going to flash back. She's like, you know, I walked into this fake uh, abortion clinic 
at doodly doo doodly do, right? <laughs> and we've got her. She's getting an ultrasound, and this opens with the lady who's doing it saying, "Like, uh, thank you for giving consent." Yeah. <laughs> me and Noah know this, but Anna, would you like to guess why they included that weird, clumsy oh, line inside of the movie? Because I'm sure they always require consent in order to give you a fucking ultrasound. Well, yes. also because it's so fucking early, they would not have done it on her belly like they show in the thing. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> they added this because, fun fact for anyone in the audience who doesn't know, pregnancy centers, pregnancy crisis centers get in trouble all the time for physically forcing ultrasound ultrasounds on people yes and when you're doing not a lot of people know this too but when you're doing early ultrasounds you don't do it through the stomach you do it through the the, the other part <laughs> the butt <It's> not- <laughs> so i i would just like to point out that i i disagree very clearly the instant that you touch the fucking transducer to the goop a nine-year-old <laughs> child appears on the screen all curled mm-hmm. And starts to dance like fucking J- Jerome J. Frog or whatever the fuck Yeah, I, I wanted her to be like, see, that's the child. And oh, look, he's mouthing, oh, please, mommy, don't wet the big bad wibbles. Harvest my stem cells for research. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. You he's can saying, read his tiny little lips here again. <laughs> oh, look, he's holding up a sign. <laughs> At one point, she says, I'm going to show this to the doctor. No, you're not. There is no doctor. You're just a lady in scrubs. <laughs> yes. I really wanted the scene where she leaves the room and just like takes the picture and just like holds it in the hallway. <laughs> doctor says it looks very healthy and you shouldn't abort it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. She's like, dude, would you like to hear the heartbeat? And she's like, sure. And she's like, wow, that doesn't sound much like a heartbeat. And she's like, well, yeah, we're mischaracterizing what you're actually hearing for guilting purposes. It's not a heartbeat. <laughs> no reasonable way to call that a heartbeat, honestly. Beatboxing guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again. So, yeah, but so anyway, she, she stares into the face of her unborn baby. The fucking, the goddamn ultrasound has a face. And then we like back out of that or no sorry we don't back out of that flashback we move into a different flashback that's part of the same flashback that is her phone call with uncle i'm sorry with babu right this is the part where she calls jake that's the french gigolo that got her pregnant in the first place french guy yep and let's just say to jake's credit he's allowed to be alone in a room now he does much better in this scene (laughs) yeah he gets almost three words at a time it's yeah right right good for him i feel like jake got a xanax prescription in between shooting (laughs) these two scenes or at least got a xanax guy yeah exactly right exactly yeah yeah but but she's like but you've got to help me and he's like no just no. And she's like, right. I figured that's what I figured. I might as well give it a try. <laughs> she thought maybe the guy who got her drunk and fucked her at a nightclub was going to step up and be ready to be a dad. <laughs> Apparently. See, I had enough faith in this movie that I thought that he was actually going to go through an arc and he was was going to step up. Yeah. I thought it was going to pan over and just like bulldog homeless guy has his nose pressed against the glass. <laughs> and is about to like give him his. <laughs> but no, no, no. Yeah. So but now we we back all the way out of that flashback. She hangs up with Babu and she calls Kathy, her hot friend. Ah, Kathy. Now, apparently at some point between like the last time we saw Kathy and now like Satan has ripped out her empathy with some kind of a spell. (laughs) Yeah. She is just all the way evil now. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's such a weird moment because Kathy's been her friend up to this point. She's like, oh, Kathy, I don't know what to do. And she's like, that's because you're fat and you suck and your wig is stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At one point she goes, it's not a baby. It's worthless tissue. And I was like, okay, worthless feels like a weird <laughs> adjective to add to. <laughs> it's worthless tissue with no soul. I... <laughs> And then a disembodied hand comes around and strokes her face like I expected Satan to actually be there. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, you're doing a really good job convincing your friend yes. to get an abortion, by the way. I just want you to know I'm really proud of you, Kathy. I, I wrote my notes. Is she calling Kathy at her volcano lair? What the hell? <laughs> they literally end the phone call on a mwahaha. <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah, Kathy's like, sorry, I got to run off and have some premarital sex please murder that fetus with a spear already okay so we can hang out and you can drink fucker fat fuck and fucking babu is like rachie come on you can totally create a life and raise a child and all while busting your ass at a hostile work environment look at me i'm a mentally disabled adult who apparently can only play accordion yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the contrast those are the two sides of the argument right all right. Well, we too are godless, so we probably need a minute to roast our friend in crisis. But before we take a break for that, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Can you believe this shit? What the fuck were they thinking? Are you fucking kidding me? Find out the answers <laughs> to these questions and more when we return for the all the way fucked conclusion of Dying to be Heard. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Ow, you're on my uh, shoulder. Oh, well, move your head then. Off my body? You want hey, to move guys, off my body? What, what's with the gymnastics? Is this like a sex thing? Because I can leave. Hey, no, no, no. We're, we're just putting all of our emotional weight on each other, and that could be a little tiring. Yeah, but, uh, you know, to have and to hold, am I right? <laughs> now get your knee up. I just got a text from my mom. Again? Guys, guys, yeah. relying on your partner for all your emotional support can be tiring and unhealthy. Well, what are we supposed to do? Well, have you tried therapy through BetterHelp? What's BetterHelp? BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's affordable, financial aid is available, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So we don't just have to lean on each other? That's right. Plus, our listeners get 10% off the first month at BetterHelp.com slash awful. That's BetterHelp.com slash awful. All right. Well, what do you say, Anna? Shall we start leaning on our therapist for a change? Uh, just let me finish this text from my friend who's having a breakdown right now. Okay. I'm going to need you to be more specific. <sighs> Hi, uh, Mr. Lusions. I'm Bosnick. What seems to be the problem? Uh, well, yeah, I was in my garage trying to read something on the ladder and I fell. I, I think I may have broken my ankle. I see. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. Yeah, so am I going to need like a x-ray or a cast? Or Oh, sorry. I, I should explain. This isn't a doctor's office. This is a crisis medical center. What the, What is a crisis medical center? You see, we're Christian scientists who believe all maladies may be cured by prayer. Have you considered praying about your ankle? But you're you're wearing scrubs. Aren't you a medical professional? Uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, scrubs are just a clothing you can buy, not copyrighted or anything. So, no. okay, so, okay, so to be clear, you're a religious group masquerading as a medical service 
so that you can push your religious agenda on people at literally their most vulnerable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but hey, at least you're not pregnant. Am I right? Oh, no, that's true. I should be in jail. You 100% should be in jail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back for still more of this shit. And we're going to rejoin the action. So you might think at this point, well, this isn't a Holocaust movie at all. Like most of the third act would disagree with you, right? Because <laughs> we're going to rejoin the action. We're back now in Jordan's dad's Holocaust flashback, right? Yeah. We were all wondering how that was going to end. Yeah. So <laughs> we had a pretty good idea. So, yeah. So mom jumps in and starts telling the story at this point. I feel like she could let him tell his own. Yeah. He's talking so... about him like he's not there, which is wild. Yeah. This is so Jewish. Only Jews could interrupt each other's Holocaust story. <laughs> oh, my God. I, re- I wanted them to start to bicker at the table. Uh, do you want to tell the story? Or am I going to tell the story? <laughs> No, it's fine. It's, you, you're going to miss the whole part about the gates. No, I'm not going to miss the part about the gates. What would you know if I'm going to miss the part about the gates if you interrupt me right away? <laughs> you got into that part. Raise your voice at me. <laughs> also, so he's telling the stories like, you know, they, they took us on a train and my aunt hid me under a pile of bloody blankets. And we cut over to Jordan, the the accordion playing kid, and he's asleep. Or like, yeah. <laughs> they cut to the sister and she's like, oh, horrified, obviously. And then they cut to the brother and he looks hor- like he's his kind of horrified, but it looks exactly like he has just fallen asleep. Yes, right. I kind of think he might just be asleep. He, he might just be really? drooling on his accordion <laughs> or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Jordan survived. He's, he heard his whole family getting shot outside the train, but he hid under the blankets and survived. I just wanted the kid to break out into accordion music <laughs> at this point. Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Dad. Were you not done with the story yet? Was that another oh, time? Sorry. I was trying to play you off. <laughs> there's also, there's just this weird moment where he's like, and look, I'm not going to say there's a boring Holocaust story, but this is about as boring as a Holocaust story can get, right? Oh, he's like, but I hid. And someone looked for me, but they, I didn't. I didn't say yes when they asked if anyone was here. So that's how I escaped the Shoah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, music just barges into the movie, and we watch Rachel be sad, right, as she imagines what it would be like to have a daughter. Oh my god, I love this scene so fucking much. And it slowly occurs to us as we're watching her mope about that we're listening to a song about the Holocaust. Yep, I got to admit, I did yep. not expect a Holocaust-themed musical number in this movie. <laughs> it's like the Spanish Inquisition of musical numbers, <laughs> really. Oh, but is this just some disembodied singer? Yes, though this is apparently a diegetic song. It's on, She's watching this on TV. <laughs> she turns on the TV and... Part this is part way through the song, and the lady on screen is singing it to you. And now, I, can I just say, this is a cameo from Michelle Gold, who absolutely is going to be on God Awful Music. <laughs> and I, did, I, I, I think officially the song lyrics are like, "Eh, you probably die tomorrow." They they have images of the Holocaust in her fucking music video. Yes. 
Right. Now, look, most religious movies realize that dwelling on the Holocaust kind of disproves their God claims, but not this one. <laughs> it's leaning in. It's showing us more Holocaust footage. And she's fantasizing about what would it be like to have a kid. And just once I want someone fantasizing about their future kid pooping in the bath for the first time. <laughs> oh, it's not all roses, is it? Because nothing unexpected ever happens. <laughs> She just gets a vision of the kid crying so hard it vomits. Then we see the outside of a of a Planned Parenthood and the movie's over. <laughs> oh, but no. So and of course, as we're cutting between Holocaust footage and her thinking about whether or not to get an abortion, you suddenly realize what this movie's doing. Right. It's like, oh, it's about both Holocausts, guys. Yeah. <laughs> The lyrics of this song are literally, uh, literally at one point she says, tomorrow may not come. And I'm like, YOLO, have the baby. There might be Holocaust tomorrow. It's the YOLO cost. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> how, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, as we're watching this like footage, actual footage of the Holocaust, did it look to anyone else like the Jews in it were literally looking at this video as though to say, you guys aren't using this as like an anti-abortion thing, right? <laughs> I just want to make sure that'd be pretty tasteless. If that could be a look, that's the look we got. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, by the time we reach the bridge of the song, Rachel is ready to go to the abortion clinic and get this over with. So she goes to a real abortion clinic. You can tell it's real because there's Christians harassing her as she walks in. Yep, yep. God, they think they're the good guys. This is in their... They do. <sighs> this is their movie. This is the, the harasser's movie. Yeah. Gotta say, the only two other black people in this movie mm -hmm. who are waiting in the waiting room yep. at the abortion clinic. Yep. Fucking tight, yo. Um, Speaking of fucking tight... I need to talk about fat nurse who is too fat for her N95 mask. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. Okay. Whatever else happened in this scene, I'm sure you guys could tell the audience. What I saw is that there's this nurse. I didn't know that N95s came in sizes, but they have given this woman an extra small, and it is literally killing her. <laughs> I am watching this woman. It's it's the size of my pinky finger, and it's got her entire face smooshed inside it like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it's like someone tried to sit down in a soup bowl. That's how her face looks. <laughs> yeah, and of course, she's the one that's wheeling in the, uh, the tray full of sinister-looking abortion implements. Are you sure mm -hmm. you don't mean manicure set? <laughs> it's just a pair of pliers. Yeah, right. I think there was a ladle in there somewhere. Also, the song is still going. We should point out. And like this is interspersed suddenly with the sad dad who is telling us the Holocaust story crying as if to say, trust us, this whole movie is related to itself. Right. <laughs> I assure you, these two things you've been watching are, in fact, intertwined. Yeah, right. And then as if to undercut that message, suddenly we cut to Jesus getting crucified. <laughs> Just out of the blue. Yeah, I, I mean, well, we cut to some like a long nail being held over a palm. Right. And then it cuts to something else and we hear the, the YouTube 
royalty free sound of a hammer. Yes, right. <laughs> Clonk. Yeah. Clonk. <laughs> might as well. Exactly. It might as well come up like the fucking Batman Chirons or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like they had to cut that in just so that their like their Christian viewers wouldn't assume they were watching a Jewish movie at this point, right? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> and and it was hard for Jesus to okay. All yes, right. the Holocaust, <laughs> the abortion cost, and Jesus dying all equal. So okay. So, but then she, we get her like she thinks better of it, and she rushes out. She runs out of the abortion clinic, and we get an overdub of I guess they got a New York street pedestrian to call after. Hey, get back here! What's the problem? Yes, what's the problem? They said. <laughs> <laughs> so she runs out. The, all the Christian protesters are there, and they're like, "Oh no, do we harass you or no?" And she's like, "No, I didn't do it." And they're all cheering, and I'm like, "You know, she could Woo. just they could all say that. They could all say they didn't do it." Guys. <laughs> I really wanted the abortion protesters to be like, all right, well, then get the fuck out of here, you gold bricker. Go get a job, lady. Like, <laughs> I bet you expect us to pay for that. Ba- what, you, your sign says you would adopt my baby. What sign? You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. And also, what's the most amazing part of this to me? She drives away and we see one of the protesters praying. Thank you, God. Thank you for talking around to the abortion. Now, could you make her a little less Jewish? <laughs> right? Like that's that's exactly the next line is, but now can you lead her to Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> and music note I had here was Amazing Grace, but make it Suzuki Book One. <laughs> <laughs> it's like boom boo 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 boom boo boo do I it could have been a music box, there honestly. You go. Yeah. Your version of Amazing Grace is dragging everyone down. Can you pep it up a bit? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so she drives to the lake and she cries for Jesus. There's this amazing moment where she's like, Jesus, can you come and help me or whatever? But they have like a VO of her asking Jesus to come help her over her asking. Like the both are playing the fucking actual audio and a VO that's just disembodied. So fucking weird. And then flashbacks to every scene in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, we get flashbacks of the entire movie. And then, of course, at the end of it, she decides that she is a Christian after all. Oh, oh finally. Yay. Yeah. You did it. <laughs> and then we cut back to the Holocaust story like we've been there the whole time. And that's not weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. Apparently, after a long weep, dad continued his Holocaust story. Yeah. And his story is that he escaped like the train to a death camp and his first thought was to go to a catholic church yes man is he lucky that that worked out oh buddy so lucky so yeah so we watch him run away from the train the adr for him running is fucking crazy (laughs) right because first of all it might as well again it might as well just be somebody yelling clump Clomp, clomp, clomp. <laughs> and secondly, like, we don't need that. We get that he's running, right? There's no other sounds. There's no, look, we don't hear the sounds of the night in the forest or whatever. It's just a silent thing. And then clomp, clomps. At one point, he jumps over a wire fence. Was that supposed to be barbed wire? No, no. no. A wire, a chicken wire <laughs> fence. Really wanted him to land in a chicken coop. I don't know why I did this. <laughs> There's a fence to show me that and everything. I like how they had to cut mid clump. They're like clump, clump. He jumps and they're just like a clump. Nope, nope, no, not now. Clump. There it is. Is a jump a half a clump or no clump? I don't even know. 
but yeah, but eventually he gets to the church and the nun opens the door. And he's like, yeah, I, my parents died in the war. I'm not Jewish. Who said that? You're Jewish. Can I come in? <laughs> She's like, yes, I was just in the middle of singing Ave Maria. Let me finish <laughs> oh, up as I lead you inside. Okay. Music note for this was, hey, Kathy, do you mind singing that again into my voice memo? <laughs> and I thought it was just someone like uh, the music in the background, but then it cuts to her and she's singing. So basically she was like, oh, sure, kid, I'll come in and show me around. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and so and he's like, you know, and I walked into the church and I was pretty impressed. It was really big. And I'm like, yeah, because they took all your money and built church with it, you know? Yeah, I, I got to say, my response from going to a death camp to a giant palace to Jesus would not be, this place fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then the dad is like, and I knew just then that God had heard my prayers and I was going to become Christian from that point on. And I'm like, oh, so the other six million Jews, not so much, though. They didn't, they didn't think of praying, apparently. They didn't think of hiding or praying. <laughs> apparently not. Whew. And then, of course, they have to yada, yada, yada the rest of his story. It's like, and then I was adopted by Catholics, so we moved to America, and then they died, and then I met your mom, and then I started telling you this story. It's like, you could just end. Once you, once you <laughs> lived through the Holocaust, we could have gotten the rest of it. I got a slightly different story, actually, because he said, and then, and then a, a fucking ad started playing, so it was like, and, but then, Beach Shazam is back on Mondays on Fox. It's like... <laughs> Yeah. The the two B ad placement for this movie particular, mwah, five out of five. Oh, so oh, good. Yeah, I mean, Highly not that recommend. Beach Shazam doesn't usually come out well from a Holocaust story, but I also I have to point out one thing about the whole like getting adopted by Catholics thing. He's like, I was adopted by a Catholic family, and I, I totally could have told them that I started out Jewish. I did not. Right. But um Because we were in Austria. They'd have been cool. Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. You know how how so many people in Austria, how many Austrian Catholics were like super dope about the Holocaust? I'm sure they would have been. I uh, just never brought, never came up, never came up, you know, yeah. got very busy at work. So and then we back out of that and we remember that the entire Holocaust story flashback was part of a flashback that the redhead was telling to the nurse about what a burden Uncle Jordan was. Right. <laughs> He always fell asleep during my dad's Holocaust stories. <laughs> but now, okay, so now we cut back over to Rachel. Rachel is all the way Christian now. And this is my favorite choice that anyone made in this entire movie is that this woman, who is also, by the way, the writer and director of the film. Oh, God. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yep. And the movie's top reviewer. Are you <laughs> sure it's not her wig? <laughs> I think the wig is controlling her like Ratatouille. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a oh, Ratatouille yeah. situation. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Right, right. So, but, but at any rate, so she's driving down the street and the way that she has chosen to express the fact that she is now filled with the love of Jesus is to scream woohoo every five seconds and then just wave randomly to people <laughs> on the street that aren't there. Right. We can see that there are no people on the sidewalk near her. She's just waving her hand wildly and screaming woohoo. Yeah. See, this is funny because I actually used to do this. Sorry, what? <laughs> I was. I never was Christian, but I had a friend in college and around Easter time, we thought it was really funny 
to <laughs> roll down the windows and go get Starbucks and scream out the window, Woo, he's risen! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> we were hilarious. We had a lot of good times. I'm, I'm glad you told me this after we got married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but she calls Babu and she says, Hey, I'm Christian now because we're at the end of the movie. And he's like, Great. She goes over to Duncan, the homeless guy. Right, and this time she's kind mm-hmm. to him because she she still doesn't give him any money, but she's kind to him. No, she she gives him like sixty cents. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, right, you're right. Yeah. She gives him a little bit of change. If that's not a change of ways, <laughs> I don't know what. Here, this was going to go into my parking meter. Yes, <laughs> I am going to park there for eight minutes less now <laughs> for you, Duncan. You lucky so you really are blessed by God. <laughs> So, but they, but then she storms into Tyler's office, and damn it, if he isn't flirting with her bitchy friend Kathy. Can I just say my heart broke that they weren't actually in a lesbian relationship, right? At this point, or yeah. that we didn't at least get to see her and Tyler fuck. I mean, right? What, something. I also should point out that like him and Kathy being in a relationship is supposed to be a revelation in this movie, but as far as like making any fucking sense goes, he might as well be in a relationship with Uncle Jordan. Like, right, there's yeah. no reason. <laughs> We've never seen these characters interact. We have no reason why they would. Kathy is not a co-worker of hers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But she's like, I need a word with Tyler. Get the fuck out of here, Kathy. And she's like, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing in this scene. Fine. (laughs) Fine. And then we don't hear her telling him that she's going to keep the baby. Instead, we just cut to outside his office and him going, what? And then, you know. Which obviously was recorded, yelled down a haunted elevator shaft <laughs> yeah. somehow. Yeah, no, they went to Mickey's Haunted Mansion just for that one piece of just ADR, that apparently. One, oh, okay, yeah. well, that, that makes more sense, yes. So then she leaves. I mean, she's got eight fewer minutes in the on the uh, parking meter, so she's got to go. <laughs> but because she's Christian now, she stops and talks to her receptionist nicely, which she hadn't done before. Yes. Who we never established as a person. in the, It's the weirdest Scrooge moment to choose for your character is just to be like, I'm free now. My soul is saved. Hey, Katie. How's how your mom? Yes. Your summer. <laughs> also, how the fuck do, does Jesus give you stalker powers? Because like she all of a sudden knows everything about Katie's life. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, oh, well, then How's obviously. your mom's cancer? Right. Like, so obviously she's been nice to her before, right? <laughs> it's it's like God powers give you the powers of a so-so mentalist. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so she gets back in her car, starts driving down the road, screaming woo-hoo to nobody some more. Mm-hmm. And it's another movie montage. We get another musical right here. We get <sighs> Beckham Shay's Life, which, by the way, I am immediately downloading. <laughs> this song is, it's like Beyonce's Freakum dress, but Beyonce is wearing a yarmulke. It's, all right. All right. I'm sold. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah, we, we, we hurry through a bunch of shit now in this montage, right? We get her at the library learning about pregnancy and or Jesus. See, I thought she was asking for a job. I thought she was getting a job there, too. Oh, okay. All I right. was like, you are not qualified to be a librarian. You have to go to school for that, right. bud. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so but we see her going to Jews for Jesus Church. We see her giving birth. We see her giving birth in a move musical montage. Yep. The whole birth of the child that this movie is about is just one of the many steps of this hurried montage. Yes. We see her uh, roommate, maid, lover, 
giving her tea. Yes, yep. While she's putting her feet up. Mm. Very, very, very understanding roommate. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I think it's supposed to be her housemate or her uh, housekeeper, rather, but okay. we never clearly established that. Never. Um, and by the way, we should point out that she's just as good at pretending to give birth as she is at all the other types of acting. <laughs> so oh, yes, full face of makeup too. Yes, totally. yeah. yeah, no sweat to be seen. Same hair, same wig as always. Oh, and then of course we see her. So now she's at church with her baby, and she meets the guy who's going to be her husband. I guess this is I just have him down as chinless guy. Oh, this man. He's no Jake. He's no Jake. He, this this person looks like the captain of the mathlete. <laughs> like his his favorite food is Totina's pizza pockets, the way mom makes them. Yeah. Like, like someone shaved a bear and then said, go find an outfit at Kmart. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's your happy ending. Why would you include in it? This is the guy I settled for. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And then I wrote in my notes as a joke, oh my God, are we going to live her entire life with her in this montage? We are, though. Yes. We are, though. Also, they have like a wedding on the beach with like sun, like the moon reflected in the water behind her. But then when they cut to her, she's in a church. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it's a also, can't help but notice she's wearing a white dress at that wedding. I guess uh, oh. no one told her that lying is a sin. So. <laughs> So we get, yeah, they get married. We get her momming. We get chinless dadding. He, he shaves his beard, which was definitely a mistake. But the end of the montage, so she's pregnant at the beginning of this montage. At the end of it, the kid is like six years old. Yeah, yeah. and does not want to be in the movie. No. no. It's like obviously toddling off to his real parents off screen and is upset when she touches him. Yeah. There's this fabulous moment where they're trying to show a happy family moment when the kid's like one and they've yes. given the child a boppet. And the kid is just like, what the? This is literally for adults. Like, I know. <laughs> so, but yeah, but the music eventually fades out and it's got her. And we haven't discussed this much in the review, but she's constantly leaving herself little notes whenever the writer can't think of a way to express the thought that they that needs expressing. Right. Right. Between this writer's writing ability and her <laughs> acting ability, their solution was she'll just write down whatever she's feeling, man. I can't right. do it. God forbid giving her another line. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, no, no, no. But now she's she what she's written down is I don't want to be fake anymore. So we see her like taking off her fake nails and taking off her shitty wig. And this is where we're supposed to realize, oh, my God, she's been the redhead all along. But no, no, no. They are not fierce enough for a double double wig reveal. Absolutely not. <laughs> she takes it off and there's a wig cap because they can't. She doesn't even have obviously does not have red hair. Yeah, right. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, yeah. But but we learned that she, you know, she was the redhead and he and chinless was the was the guy and the caretaking the entire time. And and then there's even this moment where like her daughter comes up and she's like, look at this locket I have apropos of nothing daughter. This is Jordan's mom and dad in case the audience hadn't put it all the way together that that would mean you're the grandchild of the Holocaust dude. <laughs> yes, this is the locket that has mommy, that's grandpa and grandma in it. And this is the corpse of your uncle Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. Look at that. This is a body. Yeah. This, he's a corpse now. Yeah. He's, he's in the void. He's nowhere. <laughs> he's nowhere. But the kid is like, well, I'm not worried about death because I'm still buying all the heaven bullshit. And they're like, well, of course you are. You're six. You're six. <laughs> You'd fall for a magic trick where I put something under a cup. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then they go to walk out and she's like, actually, actually, before we leave, one last dramatic monologue, if you don't mind. <laughs> oh, the movie thinks they're going to go out. The movie goes to black and yes. she says, wait. Wait, yes. And then, all right, and we think the movie's over because then we get this title card that says, like, in loving memory of, you know, all the fucking Jews that died in the Holocaust, but also all the babies that died in the abortion cost, right? And we're like, oh, well, this must be the end. There are like five, six minutes more. We have two more pages of notes here. <laughs> oh, my God. I actually watched this before Eli, this part before Eli. And uh, he came home while I was in it. And I was like, oh, don't worry. I just got five more minutes of it and, you know, credits as well. And then I start watching it and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and I just started cracking up. And I was like, as soon as it was over, I was like, Eli, I need your opinion on the ending. We, we need to talk. <laughs> these are the most Jewish. These are literally credits trying to get the last word on themselves. <laughs> yes, it it literally says dedicated to the memory of the Holocaust and the boarded baby and and Jesus. It, it was like trying also to. Jesus. It was like trying to export a file in 1997 or something. It's like, what? Another loading bar. Yeah. <laughs> And then as if that was not enough. Right. <laughs> we, we must know how everything ends. Yeah. They, it's though they were trying trying to thwart our breakfast club clothes. Oh, they showed us the real accordion, dude. Yeah, he could fucking rock that accordion, huh? Yeah, he could. It was weird to show us what that really looked like after faking it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but so we get a bunch of like the writer's family pictures, right? Yes. I have a feeling that the girl that this was actually about was one of the protesters in the scene. She was the girl that was like praying. I'm pretty sure it was the writer, director, star. Oh, it was? Okay. That was, oh, wow. yeah, that, that was also autobiographical. It didn't look. OK. All right. Wow. I think that's what it was, but I could be wrong. But then, OK, so during the credits, the credits are in full roll. The music's playing and everything. We cut to Tyler, the boss. He's getting a letter from Rachel six years later. And we're like, what, there have been six years of these fucking credits now? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and the letter that he gets is, it's it's like a happy holidays thing. And it's got a picture of her and the family. And he's like, ah, oh, boy, I wish I had had a kid instead of following my career. You made those. She even says, good choice, Rachel. Good choice, oh. Rachel. <laughs> We might as well cut to those five-year-olds who were mean to her getting a Christmas card and be like, like, oh, we should have oh, hung out with you. Man, I didn't exactly. <laughs> and then we get Duncan, right? Remember the homeless oh, guy? Oh, fuck, you're right. Yeah, we get Duncan. He's in his, and the voiceover comes up and says, Duncan, we bought you an apartment because buying an apartment is a thing in this universe. And we got you dentures. Yeah. Yep. And I just want him to immediately unzip his human suit and just like go around in his little bulldog like legs, <laughs> clickety click, try to find the beds, turn around three times before he goes down right, on the couch. Right. <laughs> I just want to point out that the fact that this gentleman had dentures at the end of the movie means that they found their friend Steve or whatever, and they were like, "Hey, man, will you pull out your dentures? Yes, for the movie, oh so we could show everyone how sad you are without your teeth in." And he was like. I mean, I I could be homeless and and have teeth because I no. I wear my dentures. Are no, you fuck, are you fucking kidding me? Actually, they were like, "Do you want a treat?" And he was like, "Yes, I do want a treat. I will take my dentures <laughs> That's out." True. Yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming he was a human when, in fact, he was a French bulldog. Yeah, no, he okay. was in fact a French bulldog. Thank you very much. 
and then okay and then we and i wrote my nose and then we close for real seas this time perhaps on a fucking sermon right this this entire movie you're like oh is it over now is it over now and then there's an entire goddamn sermon in these fucking credits too beginning to end <laughs> yes with bullet points on a screen behind <laughs> yes. him yes it says a sermon about the Holocaust of the unborn. Yeah, no, the, the fucking closing message of this movie is, yeah, the Holocaust was bad, but not like abortion bad. <laughs> now that we've all decided that we're allowed to wear these silly hats and little vest things, I think it, it's time. It's beyond time that we say things are worse than the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> Because we we should just I just want to take a moment and pull back the camera slightly. Jews for Jesus are not Jews who find Jesus. They're Christians who are just like, and I want the hats too. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both, but yeah, but they're they're either that or they're Jews that convert to Christianity. Yeah, right, right. It's one or the other. But yeah, it's a different fucking religion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the movie's still not fucking over. It's not. Nope. It's not over yet. It will never fucking end because then we cut to two years later <sighs> and we find out that Tyler has married shitty friend Kathy and they've had a baby so they can know joy now, too. I mean, were you guys going to be fine if you didn't know that Kathy <laughs> was going to be fine? Yeah, the things the things that this movie assumes I care about are deeply <laughs> baffling to me. <laughs> Oh, I just I watched for like a minute and a half after it was over going like I've been lied to before. Is it really over this time? <laughs> you go to watch Stranger Things. You're like, oh, I want to catch up on the. Oh, no, it's even more. See, <laughs> All right. Well, so normally at this point, I would ask you what you thought the moral of the story was. But very clearly, it's if you don't have the baby, you're nine times worse than Hitler. So instead, <laughs> we're going to close things off by asking what the next most offensive thing after reproductive rights is that you can compare to the Holocaust. Ooh. I'm going to go with the KFC double down. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was I was going to go a little bit more on theme. I was going to say it's when what my I'm pretty sure my son thinks that it's every time I want to change his diaper. Okay, Ooh, can confirm. <laughs> yeah, can confirm. Yeah. If he was interviewed now, he would definitely say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Anna, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And quick reminder, because we've had some listeners write in and ask where they can find more of your work. If people want to check out your album, where should they go? Well, my album is called The Ring, and it is on all the music streaming apps. It's on Apple Music. It's on Amazon Music. It's on, what's the other one? Spotify. There you go. It's on, it's on a bunch of them. So you can find that anywhere. Just look for The Ring by Anna Bosnick. And also, my dog still has an Instagram, if you want to follow her, at Madge the Pug. Fuck yeah, she does. And well, that's going to do it for our review of Dying to Be Heard. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet, because we still need to dig this hole a little deeper. So Eli, tell us what's on deck. We'll be watching the teen, I believe it's skateboarding Christian movie, Hard Flip. Oh, I am so mad that I am right? not invited on that one now. No kidding. We might just sucker you back not in. Not speaking to you ever again, Eli. 
So, all right. So with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 362 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to Anna for hanging out with us today and a perhaps even huger thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you look like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Data, D&D Minus, and The Skeptocrat, available wherever podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided Middle Office is a P. Andrew Torres, Tim Robinson, Tixero of our social media. Our theme song is written and performed by Ryan Slapping People Drafts on Mars. All the other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and voice used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a check your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm going to promise to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Anna went on to add a bunch of Jews for Jesus songs to her god-awful music playlist. <laughs> Fuck yeah, she did. Rachel went on to abort the next one. Fuck yeah, she did. <laughs> Four years later, Rachel got into an argument at the PTA meeting with that woman, Kathy. You remember her, right? She was at Rachel's birthday party. Well, they didn't get along. Eli, my mantra is not to grow old stupid, right? Because I've just met mm-hmm. so many people who grew old stupid and like refused to get glasses even though they needed glasses and shit like that. And it just occurred to me the other day that it's way more likely that my hearing is starting to go a bit than it is that my wife started talking quieter all the time. <laughs> and that's depressing. Yeah. Oh, no. Boy. Well, you know. I mean, or she's just gaslighting you. Yeah, it, it, she could. I, I hope that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.